Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Mariota has an empty backfield. He'll take the snap, back into the gun, looks to the left, now runs over to the right, now going to take off for the corner. Can he make it? Watch, dives, got it, touchdown! Jackpot, baby! Marcus Mariota dives into the end zone! What's good, Raider Nation? Wait, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. It is a Tuesday, and uh, not sure how much we're going to hear uh, that from Brett Musburger making the call on Mac- Marcus Mariota, uh, but it definitely became much more of a possibility that it's going to uh, you're going to hear something about that. Uh, maybe a, a touchdown in the red zone, uh, utilizing Marcus Mariota, uh, his ability to uh, to hurt uh, defenses with his legs and his arms. Who knows? Uh, all I do know is Marcus Mariota is coming back to the Raiders. Uh, he agreed to restructure his deal. Um, and create help the Raiders create some salary cap space in the process. Marcus Mariota was scheduled to make $10.7 million this year. That's prohibitive. Uh, unfortunately, uh, in, in the, backup mar- uh, the backup quarterback world right now uh, that, that uh, NFL players are dealing with with a reduced salary cap. So $10.7 million was prohibitive. Uh, the Raiders, uh, you know, went to Marcus Mariota uh, to see if he would be uh, cool with doing a restructure and a reduced salary. Um, you know, obviously, you're not going to say yes right off the bat uh, if you're the agent or the player. Um, you're going to want to, uh, you know, wait it out, see what happens, and see if there's a change of heart or a different situation or whatever the case might be. But um, it wasn't, and so uh, Marcus Mariota is coming back for roughly three point five million dollars this year. Uh, that's a seven million dollar savings for the Raiders that they can now apply uh, to making improvements in other areas of their on their roster. It cuts down their cash uh, expenditures for this year, uh, allows them to be more flexible, uh, addressing other needs. Um, you know, and it's one of those situations that you know, uh, unfortunately. Uh, that's the way of the world sometimes uh, in sports. When you when you enter into a contract um, agreement and you get your guaranteed money up front, and, and Marcus Mariota made $7.5 million last year. Um, he played one game, uh, was able to rehab, was able to get healthy, was able to get right mentally after some tough years in Tennessee. Um, you know, played one game and played really well uh, for the Raiders against the Chargers coming off the bench uh, for a hobbled Derek Carr. Um, but you know, at $10.7 million, that just wasn't realistic, at least here in, in Las Vegas. And uh, now um, Marcus has agreed to restructure the deal and the Raiders get some salary cap. Uh, and it looks like he's going to be on the roster. Uh, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We'd love to hear from you guys today, 702-365-9200. I know Raider Nation has a lot of thoughts uh, about what happened uh, today. And, you know, it's it's funny to me uh, reading some of the comments um, – you know, about how the Raiders did Marcus Mariota dirty. Oh, my. They did him dirty. Uh, they asked him to take a, uh, a pay cut. Uh, hello. That's been happening around the NFL for years and specifically this year uh, with the salary cap going down. And, oh, by the way, if you look at the contract that he signed last year uh, and you uh, apply the $7.5 million that he's already made uh, with the $3.5 million that he's set to make now – 
uh, it works out to a two-year, $11 million contract. That's pretty darn good money for a backup quarterback. Go look at what backup quarterbacks are getting paid. Uh, that's probably above average on backup quarterbacks. So, um, you know, you have to take the whole thing into account. Um, I did get a text from uh, somebody that uh, uh, knows about these type of things um, and uh, not affiliated with the Raiders. Uh, it's, a, it's an agent uh, that, that that's out there um, that, you know, that I know. And one of the comments from the agent was, um, you know, listen, could Marcus Mariota start on another NFL team? He's a better quarterback than Andy Dalton, let's face it. Um, there's a case to be made that he's better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick in Washington. There's a case to be made that he's better than Jameis Winston in New Orleans. And, you know, so that he might be better than Carson Wentz with the Indianapolis Colts. So if you're asking me, can Marcus Mariota go someplace and start at quarterback? Yeah, uh, I absolutely believe that. Um, but from what I understand, uh, and this this is this kind of a speculation from an agent who does this for a living is that Marcus Mariota and his agent may have thought, uh, you know, with his contract at ten point seven million dollars, you have to keep in mind that with playing time incentives, it could have gone up uh, to to something even bigger than ten point seven million dollars. And I think that was prohibitive and probably, from what I understand, a non-starter from other teams' perspective if they wanted to go trade for Marcus Mariota when there was an opportunity for him to go start. Now, um, I don't know what any kind of discussions happened. I don't know if anybody approached uh, Marcus Mariota about, hey, um, we would like to trade uh, for your client or Marcus Mariota's people, I should say, uh, but we can't do it at $10.7 million on top of uh, you know the the potential of the the incentives to to make it even more, but you know if he's willing to take a bit of a pay cut, um, we'd be interested. I don't know that that happened, but um, you know at the very what we do know is nobody traded for him, even though there were teams that could have used him. That he's probably a, a better option for them at quarterback. Uh, if I was Marcus Mariota, I would have made it very clear. Understanding this market, understanding where things stand right now with the salary cap, I would have made it really clear to teams that had starting opportunities, the Washington Football Club, the Chicago Bears, the Indianapolis Colts, the New Orleans Saints, um, who am I missing here, uh, any of those teams right there, I would have made it really clear, look, uh, I'm willing to, to, to come for one year if you give me an opportunity to start. I'll take less money. I'll renegotiate my contract. We're not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know. You know. Let you just completely take advantage of me. But I understand that 10.7 uh, with the possibility of, of of incentives might be a little bit too rich. So I get it. Understanding this this market, um, but I, I'll 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 take the pay cut if you give me an opportunity to start because I'm gonna bet on myself to get out on the open market next year. Uh, and be in a better position to capitalize off the season that I ex fully expect myself to have in 2021. So that didn't happen. It kind of gives you an idea of, you know, maybe there was some reluctance at some point for any kind of an accommodation to happen, uh, for him to, to, to accept some terms in order to accommodate a trade. It didn't happen. That's unfortunate. Uh, me, as a Marcus Mariota fan, um, somebody that, that has enjoyed watching him play, I would have loved to have seen him get an opportunity someplace else, bet on himself, count on himself, believe in himself, and play like I know that he's capable of, and I'm sure he knows that he's capable of, and put himself in a, a much stronger position uh, this time next year to capitalize on that. But 
that didn't happen, and now Marcus Mariota is coming back to, to the Raiders. Um, and I think from the Raiders' perspective, or we're going to get to the, the calls here in just a second, uh, Joe from L.A. Is, is holding on. But from the Raiders' perspective, it's a great situation. You've got a probably, arguably, uh, maybe the best backup quarterback in the NFL right now uh, at, a, at a reasonable price. Uh, that you can comfortably, if anything were to happen to Derek Carr, you feel good about your backup. Uh, he's the type of player that, because he has a different skill set uh, than Derek Carr, um, you know, if you're John Gruden, you're you're probably now that he's healthy, that Marcus, and I've heard that he's healthy and ready to rock and roll, as opposed to last year when he wasn't, and it co- took him a long time to get healthy, but it sounds like he's in a really good place physically right now. If you're John Gruden, you're drawing up plays right now, you're drawing up packages right now uh, to take advantage of Marcus Mariota in a way that you couldn't last year because of his health issues, and, and he didn't get back until you know, December uh, to, to, you know, to, to really help the Raiders in any kind of a meaningful way, even just dress out on game day. Uh, so you're, if you're the Raiders, that's what you're looking at. You're, you have a, a really good, solid backup quarterback that you believe in, somebody that you could utilize in packages and situational football, and a potential attractive trade chip. Because now at $3.5 million uh, base salary, if there's a team down the road, whether it's training camp, whether it's even before, maybe maybe in OTAs, the Chicago Bears are looking at Andy Dalton and saying, "Nah, this ain't gonna, this isn't, this isn't working." We could tell that right now. Or somebody goes down. You hope that nobody gets hurt, but it's a possibility. This is football. At some point, if that were to happen through injury or dissatisfaction uh, around the league with your starting quarterback, all of a sudden. Marcus Mariota, in that kind of a situation, a team that needs a starting quarterback, I guarantee you they're going to look at the Raiders and look at Marcus Mariota and say, hey, at that salary, uh, we'll definitely give up something of value to go get you. So if you're the Raiders, you hold on to him. Uh, You make the the idea, the plan right now is to utilize him as an asset on your team. But at some point, somebody might come, and that's, that's the value that he has for you. But at some point, somebody might knock on the Raiders' door and say, we're willing to give up this for that for for him, and at that point, maybe his value is more as a trade chip 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 uh, to get an asset rather than on the roster. So we'll see how it all plays out. But the good news is for the Raiders, Marcus Mariota is back, and that's a good thing. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Joe from Los Angeles, Joe from L.A. is on the line. How you doing, Joe? Hey, Vinny. Thanks for taking my call. So. I'm ecstatic. Uh, you know, for selfish reasons, I like this guy. I like what he showed us when he when he played uh, the Charger game, at least at, at, towards the end of the game. And so I think this is an opportunity for him. Like, And I did ask this yesterday, but I know you were out of time. If a contract, when he restructured it, can be built in that he potentially has the opportunity to get more playing time. I mean, can that be inputted into... Uh, contract because what I see him as an asset for Derek Carr because on those days where he you know we have a long schedule and some of the schedules are grueling he comes in for a few snaps or he comes in in, in a third down play where we can utilize his legs and I think that gives more competition and incentive for Derek to come out and say well he did it I'm going to do it and kind of push each other back and forth in a positive way so for me I'm glad he's there um, I don't know how we can reach out to Marcus. I know he has several uh, uh, Twitter accounts that I think haven't been used, but maybe you could tell us how we can thank him for restructuring his contract. Maybe he didn't have a choice, but I'm glad that he's here. Um, I think he can be a great asset 
to the team. And if given opportunities, this year could be his showcase year so that next year he could get a starting job somewhere else. Yeah, and uh, as far as um, mandating or, or negotiating uh, terms into a contract uh, that guarantees a certain amount of playing t- time, I've never heard of that. Um, and I, if I'm a team, you know, I'm not going to agree to something like that. And certainly, I'm, if I'm the head coach, I'd be very, very resistant to that. And I'll say, I'll tell you the, why, because. That would, and I'm not saying that Marcus Mariota would be in the situation or anybody on the current roster would be in the situation, but, you know, there's still an incentive um, part of football, right? And as the coach, your greatest, the greatest hammer you have over players is playing time um, and and they earn their playing time. So if playing time is just str- literally given are guaranteed, um, you know, that's, you, you can't set that precedent is what I'm saying. Uh, now, in Marcus Mariota's case, I, I, I would have to believe that John Gruden uh, is thinking about ways to get him on the field. We all saw what happened uh, against the, uh, you know, LA Chargers last year. We saw that. Uh, we saw what Marcus Mariota could bring to the table. This is, Mar- this is Derek Carr's team. There's no question about it. But what Marcus Mariota showed when he was completely healthy um, against the Chargers last year was a weapon. Uh, He was electric in that game, too. There were things that he did that made you go, wow. Uh, If you're you're paying him and you've got that kind of a talent on your roster, there's no reason why – um, you shouldn't be able to use him. And, you know, obviously it would probably have to have – you'd have to have a conversation with Derek Carr. Um, but, you know, it, if, if I know Derek Carr and I know he wants to win and I know if it was brought up to him in a way that, look, he's not taking your job. You know that. We know that. Uh, we're going to send every possible signal out to that uh, along those lines. But he can help us and he can help you. And he can help this team win, and that's all that matters right now. And I'm sure Derek Carr, no player doesn't want to play. No player wants to come off the field whatsoever. And if if there is a player of that, uh, you know, that, that's thinking along those terms, then this is not the place for him. So I'm sure he's not going to be 100% happy, but he'll understand, especially if it's broached to him correctly. But if you're John Gruden, I would have that conversation, and I would be thinking about ways to take advantage of Marcus Mariota this year now that he's healthy and now that he's in the system again uh, for a second straight year. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, James wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, James? All right, we're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Madro uh, is on the line. How you doing, Madro? Today's another good day in the Silver and Black Nation. I'll say that because you're right. Once again, um, Marcus Mariota is, in my mind anyway, no doubt the best backup quarterback in the league. Although there may be somebody else that nobody knows about because they've never played. True. But Mariota showed his stuff. And in certain respects, you know what? He's almost like our new Jim Plunkett in that when we got him, you know, most most uh, personnel people thought he was washed up and he'd never be the same. You know, his injuries, even his own team, you know, they, they want nothing to do with it. So he, now that he's been able to sit, get healthy, played one game, showed that he's got it, you know what? He, it's great to have him at the proper salary. You know, I'm, unfortunately for Marcus, and, and, it, and it is unfortunate because I'm a player guy. I don't, I'm not big on the owners. 
but his agent didn't do him any service at all. Like they say, it's not the hand you're dealt, it's how you play your hand. And boy, he overplayed it. You know, he could, he could have been starting somewhere. And uh, they just wouldn't allow it. He wanted to be a complete free agent. And it just didn't work to his advantage. But it's good to have him back as our backup. No doubt about it. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I don't know exactly how the dynamics worked, uh, but I have a pretty good idea. Um, it doesn't really take, um, you know, uh, Vince Lombardi or, 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 you know, some great detective work to kind of figure out what happened. And, you know, in, in, in Marcus's case, uh, the key to the whole thing was that, you know, when he signed his contract, he signed for $7.5 million guaranteed, and he got that $7.5 million guaranteed. Uh, there was always an understanding that year two of the contract was not guaranteed. So, um, you know, that, that puts the leverage on, on, on the Raiders. And, uh, and I, I think that, um, you know, if, if, if you're Marcus Mariota, I would have rather gone someplace to, to potentially start. Um, I don't know that anybody, you know, uh, uh, made any overtures. I heard that there were calls made, um, you know, from teams to the Raiders, not shockingly, Marcus Mariota showed in that Chargers game that he's a good quarterback. And again, I think he's better than Andy Dalton. I think he's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, you know, all things considered. I think he's better than Jameis Winston, um, frankly, although I hope that everything works out for Jameis Winston, uh, too. The, both of those, those guys will forever be linked. Better than Cam Newton. He, you know, um, I think, I think and, and because I think he's healthier. Well, I can't say. I don't know where, where Cam is health-wise, but the last few years – you know, you watch Cam Newton play, and unfortunately, I thought the referees did him dirty uh, over you know the in his prime when they let guys just waylay him without throwing oh, the flag. Absolutely, and they never even called penalties. You know, it used to be how they used to do it with our quarterbacks. For some reason, the NFL in general, I think, because they're the ones who run the referees, did not like Cam. And here is an MVP, but boy, they let him get the living crap kicked out of him. I don't think it had anything to do with dislike. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick story. When I covered, you know, the NBA and, and Shaquille O'Neal was the biggest dude on the field, right? And I don't know if you've ever stood next to Cam Newton, but he is an enormous human being for a quarterback. Well, any position, really. You, he looks like a defensive end height-wise uh, and, and stoutness-wise. He is a physical specimen, and just like Shaq was. And in Shaq's case, it wasn't anything – uh, against Shaq, and it's not anything against Cam Newton, but I think as a referee, you almost kind of get sucked into this world of, wow, they're big, they're a big guy. You almost, you know, uh, I'll allow for more physicality against them because they're so big and physical. And I remember, uh, you know, uh, Shaquille O'Neal telling me one time, you know, if you've ever held a baby and the baby, you know, swirls around and accidentally elbows you on your nose, it's going to hurt. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's a baby and I'm seven feet tall. If you hit me right, you know, on the nose, it's going to hurt, you know. And, 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 and his whole point was I'm playing against these 6'10", 6'11 guys, you know, and they're throwing elbows into my gut and charging and whatever the case and, and hacking me, fouling me. And they're not always calling it. And, and it's because he's a big guy and, oh, you know, you just kind of, like I said, it's just a perception type of a thing. And I think that, yeah. that's what happened with Cam Newton where the referees just let a little bit more go because he was such a big physical quarterback. But it was wrong. No matter what it was, it was wrong. And I think it took years off of his career because um, and, and there, there was almost like a free hit 
Cam day every single day that he played because uh, there were some really, really ugly hits uh, on him that there was no flag. And for anybody else, you know, uh, uh, there, there probably would have been. But uh, anyway, uh, I do think that, you know, Marcus Mariota brings a lot brings a lot to the table. And um, I think he's going to be uh, an asset for the Raiders one way or another. And I, you know, I, this is how it's always been explained to me in professional sports. Everybody under contract is an asset, a potential asset. It might be on your team. It might be as a trade asset. That's just the way it is. That's why baseball organizations have all those players. Everybody is an asset in one form or another. Either going to help us on the field or help us go get somebody better in a trade. That's how professional sports works. There's an ugliness to it, I guess, but that's just what it is. Uh, Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, We've got James wants to talk about the Raiders. How are you doing, James? Mostly to ask if you've heard anything uh, going on, Vinny, about what's going on with our safety position. I know there's a lot of free agents still sitting on the market. And why have we not jumped on somebody like Anthony Harris? Well, Anthony Harris uh, signed already uh, with the with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, my understanding is that that match, that fit, wasn't um, ideal uh, in this in this system. And, and I'm going to say this: um, you know, and I know that everyone likes to bring back the entire history of the Raiders and their decisions on uh, personnel and and you know the mis- some of the mistakes that they've made in the draft and all of that. I could just go by – I've been covering the team for a year. Uh, in that year, um, the whole defensive chat staff, aside from Rod Marinelli, has changed over. And I know from experience that your coaches, yes, the scouts and the general manager, play an enormous role in player acquisition. Of course they do. But they're also relying on coaches uh, to, to help them – Figure out what type of player fits into your system. What are you looking at uh, from your three technique? What are you looking at from your free safety? What are you looking at from your Mike linebacker, your Will linebacker? Give us information so that we know what we're looking for to help you. So I say that because I think Gus Bradley being in here now has a big say on uh, defense. Now, he doesn't control the money. uh, So I'm sure there were some guys that he would have loved to have had that – because other needs, you know, were 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 paramount. Uh, you have to make tough jo- choices sometimes in how you allocate your money. Maybe there was a guy that got away that he would have loved to have had. Can't say that that isn't the case. But um, he's he's you know there's there's f- Anthony Harris. The Raiders could have easily signed Anthony Harris. He makes he's getting five million dollars, you know, from the Philadelphia Eagles. So that leads me to believe that they probably were there wasn't a big interest. Uh, from the Raiders' perspective on Anthony Harris. Or maybe Anthony Harris just didn't want to come to Las Vegas or wherever else. Maybe he had his heart set on going to Philadelphia because the, the contract by no means was prohibitive. The Raiders could have uh, could have easily handled that. So one way or another, whether the player didn't want to come here or um, or the Raiders weren't interested in him. Anyway, point being, there's there's players out there. I checked in on, the, on that position yesterday, and I was told there's still a long way to go. There's some players that the Raiders have their eye on. So... Uh, not to say that anything is going to happen, but um, there's players that, that are attractive to the Raiders at a price, I'm sure, that they have in mind. Uh, we'll see uh, where uh, all that goes. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Right back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Frank uh, from the Inland Empire wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Francisco? 
Uh, Frank, give us a call back uh, when you get a chance. Uh, Charles is in Bowling Green. What you got, Charles? Hey, Vinny. How you doing, buddy? Always a pleasure. Uh, hey, Vinny, as I called you a few weeks ago, I have one complaint, man. I'm, I'm really glad about the Marcus Mariota thing. I think that's a blessing. But my only fear is, you know, two weeks ago I told you, I gave Gruden and Mayock the uh, benefit of the doubt because they really didn't have a great defensive player in the draft. Well, this year at 17, we're going to have an impact defensive player, and I'm terrified, just terrified we're going to draft an offensive lineman. Can't do it. we got to get that star on defense. What do you think about that? Um, yeah. Can't pass um, it up, man. Well, I – it, it, it's probably going to be one of those is what it is. I think you're going to get a hell of a tackle, though, too. I mean, I saw a bunch of uh, tackles uh, and linemen over at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, and that was just, um, you know, the, the senior prospects. Uh, there's there's a bunch of, um, uh, obviously, juniors that are coming into the fray as well. It's just a really good year for tackles. And, you know, um, I get it. You know, you need a, a star defensive player, but, you know, I think that, you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see. And I also think there's some good free safeties, uh, uh, you know, in, in the draft as well. I don't rule out a development of the developmental uh, defensive tackle. Uh, maybe you know, um, maybe there's a second round tackle uh, that, that 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 you're looking at, and and you go D line again in in the first round. Um, but I, I just think that by w- what the Raiders did with their defensive line this year, so far in free agency. Um, has really created a, a, a pretty deep group and a versatile group that, um, you know, Rod Marinelli having the ability to work with the type of players now that they have uh, in the building, uh, from Yannick Ngagwe to Clee Farrell to Max Crosby uh, to Quentin Jefferson uh, to Solomon Thomas, um, you know, on and on, uh, Maurice Hurst, Jonathan Hankins, uh, uh, Carl Nassib, there's going to be competition, there's going to be depth. Uh, I think there's going to be flexibility. So I'm interested to see how this works out with the defensive line uh, this year. And it might be a situation where uh, the Raiders are going to go best player available, but that best player available might be a tackle because they have a pretty big need for one um, uh, right now. So we'll see. Um, I'm with you, though. They need they need playmakers uh, on defense. I think there's some potential there uh, right now. Yannick Ngagwe is definitely a, a playmaker, and there's some young players that I think have the pos- have the potential to be playmakers. And I think Corey Littleton can be a playmaker. Uh, they just need to get it right, and Gus Bradley has a lot of work to do uh, to make sure that that happens. Uh, real quick, we're going to go back out to Frank uh, from the Inland Empire. How you doing, Frank? Hey, cousin Vinny B. What's hey, going on, Francisco? I wanted to, to get a little, uh, actually continue that conversation about the free agency and then also the upcoming draft. But before that, I wanted to touch on that Mariota thing. Mm-hmm. Just get, I want to get your your opinion. Prior to, um, you know, everybody kind of looking at that, that contract and how it kind of escalated into some, some high dollar amount, I think they were talking about, you know, getting able to get a second or a third on that. In return, because he was, you know, he, he played pretty good as he showcased. He was healthy, and that little tidbit over the Charger game. Now that it's that it's it's actually a very very, you know, buyer friendly uh, contract. Can you see the Raiders actually trading him, you know, uh, before season or even in season for a second rounder? You think you can get get, get a second rounder for him? Um, well, it depends on how desperate a team is, um, and and right now I don't sense desperate. 
desperation, um, you know, like we talked about. And, and, and Frank, we're going to uh, uh, take a guess here. But if you want to call back a little bit later, because I would like to get into it with you. So if you want to call back in about a half hour or so, um, we could get into it a little bit further. But I just don't sense a, uh, the desperation around the NFL because teams went out and got their quarterbacks. Uh, so that that those opportunities closed off to Marcus Mariota. But that doesn't change the fact that football is a physical sport and, you know, teams – uh, are going to be dealing with injuries, a quarterback's going to go down, or a quarterback's just not going to perform very well. But at that point, you're spot on, Frank. Uh, if there is an opening somewhere around the NFL for a starting caliber quarterback at $3.5 million, Marcus Mariota is hugely attractive at this point. And if there is some desperation uh, on the part of another team, I could see that draft pick getting into the third round, fourth round. I'm not sure about a second round. Uh, that might be a little bit too steep. But you never know because, again, uh, teams get desperate and teams need their their, their quarterback, uh, and, and they may have to. So we'll see. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation uh, guest line and welcome in our good friend, uh, Jesse Merrick. Uh, he works for the local uh, Channel 3 here in Las Vegas, local NBC uh, affiliate. Jesse, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Good to be back on with you. You got it, and we appreciate uh, you coming aboard uh, as well. Well, we are officially uh, about a week into free agency. Uh, the Raiders' defensive line obviously was a big priority, it seems. Um, they signed uh, five guys, six I don't even – I've lost count how many defensive linemen they brought in. Uh, but they've certainly addressed that position in a big way with Yannick Ngagwe uh, and then in subtle ways – uh, by bringing in uh, a, a bunch of guys that have upside, production, you know, uh, track records. Uh, so where are you right now with what the Raiders have done up front? Yeah, I mean, if you didn't know anything about the Raiders and you just went into the offseason and watched the news cycle and who they signed, I think you would know what their biggest need was because they addressed it and then some. Uh, like you said, we all kind of lost count of how many D-linemen they brought in. But more power to them for it, you know. I mean, Gruden talked about it all year, the fact that they needed to get to the quarterback and they needed to improve their pass rush, all that stuff. He said it all the time, and now he's putting his money where his mouth is and really investing in the defense and, you know, casting a wide net, hoping that he can hit on uh, on one, two, three, a couple of those guys. You never really know. And he's also created some competition. So I think going into camp, um, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see you know, who, who comes out of that group and, and what guys kind of pan out and who sticks around and all that stuff. But uh, now I think you look at it and you like the depth that you see along that front there for sure. Um, you know, if, if that's where everything stands, you know, you, you don't think that they'll figure out a way to get more room for another D-lineman, but you never know. Um, but, yeah, overall, I, you know, it was a crazy week. You know, the, obviously people were blindsided by the moves along the offensive line, but as the depth has settled a bit, you know, you kind of get it, and, and, and you understand why they did it. And, uh, you know, if they hit on guys like John Simpson, if Richie Incognito is himself again, you know, if uh, Andre James is the guy that they think he is, you know, uh, and, and then they're in a good spot. They just got to figure out that right tackle spot. So I think overall I like what the Raiders did because they, they made some smart moves. You know, they played hardball with guys and, and got guys to kind of, you know, bend to their will, which, you know, maybe you don't always see the Raiders making the smart moves in the offseason. So I think overall – People should be happy with what they've done. They haven't done anything crazy, uh, you know, money-wise, or throwing money at a guy where people are left scratching their heads. Yeah, and, and we're talking about uh, Jesse Merrick uh, from Channel 3 here in Las Vegas, the NBC affiliate. You can follow him at Jesse News 3 lv And, you know, 
we look at the money and, and they haven't gone crazy on any contracts. Uh, part of that is the situation that every team in the NFL is dealing with right now, you know, with the reduced salary cap. But, you know, when if you would have said this time a year ago that they would get a player of the caliber of uh, Unique Ngakwe at the price that they got him, I think most people would have said, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. They're going to have to pay, you know, uh, five times more uh, to go get a player of that caliber. To be able to slide in a guy uh, of that um, pedigree and, you know, talent, uh, how, how well does that bode for the, for the Raiders? And what do you uh, expect from uh, Ngakwe this year? Uh, I, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, I think it's big for what they were able to get him for. I mean, I, I you know I was honest um, with the fact that I didn't think he would be a great fit, and you know, I, I I just don't know how I feel about him overall because I just have a weird feeling about it. It's kind of a gut feeling how it'll work out here, but you can't argue against you know the history of him working with Gus Bradley. He had success there with him in Jacksonville. You know, he was the guy that drafted him, and you know, so he's a good player. You know, he comes in and. The Raiders need a guy that can get to the quarterback, and he's an above-average pass rusher. You know, in the run game, he needs some work, but they're not bringing him in to, to do that. They're bringing him in to get to the quarterback and to force turnovers, and he's done that over the course of his career. He's shown the ability to knock the ball out, get those strip sacks and things like that, and that's what they need. Um, so, you know, hopefully he can kind of turn into that alpha. But, again, like you said, to do it for the money that they got him for. They got him on a good deal. Um, you know, it would have been easy for them to just, you know, back the brink struck up and throw money to him or another guy out there and, you know, kind of hamstring themselves, and they didn't. And that's kind of where I go back to the fact that they made a lot of smart money moves in the offseason here. Um, you know, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking the guy because I, I hope it works out with him. I, you know, I, I, I would love nothing more than to see him succeed here with the Raiders. Uh, you know, I just think it'll be really interesting to see how they kind of roll out their defensive front with all the bodies that they have in the building. And I think bringing him in and then all the other guys that have come in, I think it's really interesting to see, you know, where Cleef Farrell lines up. I, I've been big on him sliding inside and, and taking on more of that role as the, the run stopper that I think he's a much better job at that. So I think bringing a guy like Ndokwe in, letting him be your alpha pass rusher, could possibly open things up for guys like um, uh, like Clee and, you know, Hankins, and then you bring in um, the guy from Buffalo and blanking on his name is Jefferson. Quentin Jefferson. Uh, yeah, Solomon Thomas is an interesting one. He's yep. you know a classic Raiders former first rounder, but if he hits, they look like geniuses. Yeah, no question. And and I'm glad you bre- you mentioned uh, the the turnovers because I think he's got 16 uh, fum- forced fumbles on on strip sacks. That's it's so huge. Um, mo- yeah. In terms of the momentum change, not only are you are you are you getting the sack, uh, but then you're turning the ball over, and that's something obviously the Raiders have had difficulty doing these last couple of years. And I saw it firsthand with guys like Aaron Donald wreaking havoc and not just getting the sack, which is you know plenty good enough, but then to be able to get the turnover, those are game changing type uh, type plays. And he has shown a uh, an uncanny ability to do that. So if he can bring some of that to the Raiders, there's no question that that's going to uh, w- – the money that he's making is going to be well worth it. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Jesse, and uh, we're talking to Jesse Merrick from Channel 3 here in Las Vegas, the local NF- and NBC affiliate. Uh, I think some eyebrows were raised with the Kenyon Drake uh, signing. But the more I look at it and the more I look at film of this guy, this dude – 
is a lot better than I thought he was. Like, you know, sometimes you go to the desert out there in Arizona and you kind of people lose track of you a little bit. But I watched the tape and he, he really jumps out at you in so many different ways as a runner, as a pass catcher. I just think that he's going to be – John Gruden is going to be able to figure out a way to utilize this guy uh, in a way that I think is going to make this offense even more versatile and more flexible. Yeah, I'm right there with you on everything you said about him. When I first saw the news, I was like, what? Why? <laughs> and then I saw the contract, and I was like, what the heck are they doing? But then you realize that only $3 million of it's guaranteed this season, and you start to look at it, you're like, okay, it's not as wild as it sounds. Right. And then again, you start looking at his tape and dive into more of what he could be, and he's the joker. He's, he's what, um, man, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, the kid that they sent out to uh, new, to uh, Miami. Lynn Bowden. Yeah, Bowden, he's, he's what they wanted him to be, so they got a better version of him. You know, he comes in in 2018, he had a career high, uh, looking at the stats right now, 477 yards receiving on 53 catches. So he can be that guy that gets involved more in the passing game, and I think we're going to see him wind up kind of maybe more in the slot or just utilized out of the backfield as a receiver much more than, you know, being the pure running back. But a lot of people forget, too, I personally didn't realize how big he was. He's 6'1", 211 yep. pounds. Like, I thought he was a smaller guy because you think of him as this, this fast, speedy guy. But he's a lot more dynamic and, and can do a lot more things. And that's what I think, you know, really got Gruden fired up for him and got him enamored with him. You know, we've all heard the talk of, you know, I saw on YouTube there was like a thing of all the different clips of Gruden, you know, raving about him when he was in the booth. Uh, you know, he finally got his guy. So I, I'm real curious to see how they use him as that quote-unquote joker role um, so I think this could be a really big pickup when you factor him into look at him more as maybe kind of a receiving threat paired with the other weapons they have in their receiving core. I think it lines up to be a really interesting signing. I think it could be one that we look back on and say that was one that was really underrated uh, that all of us, again, we're scratching our heads, but we look back on saying, man, that was a great move. Yeah, and word to the wise, and I include myself in this, uh, uh, don't always – uh, believe what you see on the numbers. And I learned this kind of the hard way, and I still yeah. do. It's still something that your first reaction is, hey, what the heck? Um, but then you realize, okay, you look at the fine print. And and I remember a general manager telling me, I said one day, because I said, hey, is this true? Is this the number, you know, for X player? And it looked astronomical. And he's like, well, you know, and then he walked me through the actual contract. And then I said to him, why don't you just, you know, like, why don't teams fight back against that? And, and his whole theory was, look, why let the kid have his day number one let the agent have his yeah. day he's trying to get you know other clients so you know it's it's not that big of a deal it eventually all comes out in the wash and people understand that what they overreacted to wasn't not nearly what we're actually going to pay him and by the way if he hits all of his incentives we probably won a super bowl and i'll gladly pay the guy <laughs> that much at that point so exactly you know, so it's it's kind of funny, especially in the NFL. You got to wait for the fine print uh, to come out. But I am susceptible to it just as badly as everybody else. So uh, so I'm guilty as charged. Um, okay, so we're now, uh, like we said, a week uh, into into free agency. Uh, there's still a need at free safety. There's still now a need at right tackle uh, after all the moves that they made on the offensive line. Um, any gut feeling on on where the Raiders go in that direction, whether it's the draft or still here in free agency? I've got a feeling that they're going to address the position at corner in free agency and then go into the draft looking for safety and tackle. Um, you know, we've seen all the talk about Richard Sherman, and, you know, Gruden's talked about the fact of wanting an alpha, and, and that's Richard Sherman, you know, and he's the guy that can come in and teach this young secondary. 
Um, you know, especially if you do go into the draft and, and grab another young safety, um, you do need someone back there, you know, to, to be the vet in the group. And Richard Sherman's that guy that has the knowledge of the system. We've all been talking about him from the get-go. You know, maybe they're slow playing it to see if maybe the salary will come down that he would take or you know, where his options are. I mean, the guy doesn't exactly scream team versatility, but he fits in this team 100%. Um, so maybe they're just kind of taking their time and do, making another smart move and letting the market play out, letting it come to the point where he doesn't have as many options as they can get him on a better deal. Um, you know, not use that veteran leadership fund or whatever it is people were calling it from uh, last year. They throw crazy money at these guys to come in and, and essentially coach the young guys up. But, yeah, I think, I think a guy like Richard Sherman makes a ton of sense. Um, then you can move a guy like a Damon Arnett into the slot, which he did a little bit of in college. And he can kind of develop into that position and be the guy for the future, you know, back on the outside. I don't think there's anything wrong with moving him in there. I don't think that really hurts his development at all. And it kind of locks things up, and you're not sitting in a position to where if they don't bring uh, a guy like Sherman in, okay, you're like, well, who's going to be the slot corner? And then what exactly are they going to do with safety? So I think bringing a guy like him in can sure a lot of things up and and move a better spot. And then, again, like I said, going to the draft looking for uh, safety and tackle. And I like the Merrick kid at uh, 17 if they do it in the first round there. Yep, for sure. Last question for you, uh, Jesse Merrick. Uh, Marcus Mariota is coming back uh, to the Raiders. Uh, I feel like his options were dwindling uh, outside uh, of Las Vegas and, you know, uh, accepted the pay cut. Um, uh, but you think we're going to, if he stays on the roster, and that's a big if, uh, situations can change around the league. And all of a sudden at $3.5 million, Marcus Mariota is a pretty darn attractive uh, trade chip if somebody needs a quarterback at some point, um, whether it's before the season or, or in the season. But if he does stay on the roster, uh, do you suspect that um, we're going to see a little bit more of him now that he's seemingly healthy, uh, has been in the system for, for a year? Uh, will there, do you think there will be some packages for, for Marcus Mariota to take advantage of his skill set? I would hope so. I mean, it was exciting when he played against the Chargers in that game. Granted, they didn't have time to prepare for him and all that stuff, but you know, I think that there's some value in creating packages for him. I mean, and also, too, if you're going to bring the guy in, and I know they got him on a good deal as a backup now with the restructure, but if you're going to have the guy on your roster, why not use him? And, and we all know the, the red zone issues and the struggles that they've had. Why not add one more headache for the defense to have to account for with that and the other personnel that you have? And, and having a guy that is a quarterback, he's not some gadget guy, but at the end of the day, like he's a quarterback, so he can come in in that package, and you don't know what he's going to do. He could run, throw, whatever it is. I think that would add an entirely different layer in there. You know, you take a little bit of the weight off a car, you know, and take him out of maybe some more injury-prone situations and, and something like that, and, and let the guy like Mariota earn his paycheck and do that and put something on tape and go into the offseason and make a lot of money. But in the, in the time being, I think it would be really cool to have a package with Mariota in there to make the defense have to prepare for one more thing and, and open things up in the red zone because at the end of the day, they've got to figure that out down there. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, there's always a package available for Jesse Merrick uh, here on uh, in the huddle. So, uh, so we got you written in uh, situational, uh, big plays, everything across the board. Uh, you're part of the package here, uh, man. I really appreciate your time. Uh, uh, good luck uh, with the with the Golden Knights. Looks like they are uh, playing at a pretty high level. So uh, we'll see where where that where, where that all goes. Uh, enjoy the work. Uh, enjoy the insight. Uh, and thanks so much, man. Take care of yourself, brother. You too, man. Appreciate the time, as always.
You got it. That's Jesse Merrick uh, from Channel 3 here in Las Vegas, the local NFL NBC affiliate. Uh, you can follow him at Jesse News 3LV. We always enjoy having him. You're in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a uh, Tuesday. Uh, by the way, um, uh, go check out the – if you're here in Las Vegas, go check out the library. Uh, they now, now carry the silver and black uh, and Lila's passion in Bajador tequila. Um, just tell them that Vinny B sent you uh, and from the – you know, Vinny B from the huddle uh, and um, you'll get uh, a discount on your Embajador tequila. Um So uh, uh, give them a shot. It's called The Library. Uh, It's a gentleman's club. Um, The owner is a really good dude, um, and they definitely serve Embajador tequila. And just tell them that Vinny B sent you from from In the Huddle, uh, and they will hook you up. The Library here in Las Vegas. Good place, uh, by the way. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line uh, because we have Derek on the line. He wants to talk about his Raiders. How you doing, Derek? Good, Vinny. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Um, I read that uh, that Carl Joseph is a free agent, and um, I mean personally, I would take that guy back in a second uh, based on the way he played when he was with the team. I just wanted to hear if you had uh, heard anything about that and what you thought about it. Um, you know, haven't gotten any specific names um, in terms of you know who exactly they're looking at. I know that what I was told yesterday, uh, they definitely have their uh, their hand. Uh, they're engaged in uh, a few a few possibilities. I'm not so, I'm not sure. You know, uh, Carl predated my arrival uh, covering the Raiders. Uh, I don't know exactly what the history is. Obviously, um, it didn't work out, you know, and he got moved. But he did play good, uh, it, uh, you know, it seems like last year with the uh, with the Cleveland Browns. And I'll go check out um, the, the stats. I don't know how he necessarily fits uh, in this system, but I could definitely ask around. So um, I'll try to I'll try to reach out to see if that's a possibility or if he's under consideration. But there's no question uh, that they need free safety help, right? Um, that's, that's pretty obvious. Um, I don't know, again, I'd have to, uh, you know, look at the details on him and how he, how he fits in Gus Bradley's, uh, system. He has a very, um, kind of a specific, um, uh, skill set that he's looking for, for that, you know, position. And I'll say this too about, um, you know, Gus Bradley over the course of his career, he's never shown any hesitancy, to start a rookie, um, you know, and and he knows what he's looking for, and I, that's why, you know, I the guy that I would have gone after is John Johnson. Uh, he got paid uh, really well by the by the Cleveland Browns, and uh, happy for John that he that he got paid, he earned it. Um, but you know, after that, you know, the guys that were Justin Simmons, you know, got retained by his team. Marcus Williams from the uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, got got re-signed uh, with the Saints, so the level of play dropped off pretty good. Uh, there's still players out there that can perform, but it's it, that now it becomes okay. What are we willing to pay for that player, that caliber of player? 
but I'll, I'll check. Uh, I'll check to see if, um, you know, if Carl Joseph uh, is a possibility uh, to have a reunion. I just do know that sometimes, you know, um, you know, when, when, when situations like that happen where you move on from a, from a, from a player, uh, I don't, you know, it's always hard to figure out, you know, what was the relationship like, you know, at the time of departure was, was it, was it, you know, uh, on good terms was, Hey, there's a chance that we could see you down the road. That sometimes happens. You know, you trade somebody, uh, knowing that, Hey, he's going to be a free agent. And you even, you literally tell the guy, Hey, look, we're trading you. Hopefully it works out for you, but Hey, you know, at some point, uh, don't be shocked if we come knocking on your door. I don't know that to be the case for Carl Joseph. Uh, but uh, I'll try to check uh, into that. You're in the huddle. Video Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador, and uh, we'll talk to you on the other side.